in a perfect world, right, we wouldn't need these life-altering or often devastating things to happen for us to readjust. But that's kind of where we find the beauty of the positive out of the experience is that we could have had that realization when our kids were, you know, in high school or out of college, and we could have been those people waiting to retire to experience this or do that. But going through that with my dad and with my family, and we are very conscious of the fact that we probably wouldn't have really changed much of anything. And we would still be in Houston and we would still have great careers and we would still have this kind of undercurrent of disappointment. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. It's Courtney Galster and Ann Canoodala. And today we are joined by our special guest, Liz Broderick, who is a mom, wife, and co-founder of Semi Rebel, a business management firm focused on data-driven strategy and support. We are going to be splitting this conversation into two episodes. This week, we'll be talking about Liz's journey to entrepreneurship. She and her husband both left their jobs in the Houston area to live a more balanced life by creating their own company and moving closer to family in Cody, Wyoming. Then next week, we'll be talking a little bit more about how Liz helps her clients and the different systems and processes you can put in place in your own business to streamline business management, client experience, and more. Welcome, Liz. We are especially excited to have Liz on. Liz has been such a huge asset here to living your balanced life podcast. She helps us with all of our backend client experience, um, helping us kind of create flows for our guests. And so we, we just have a special spot in our heart for Liz and we're really (laughs) excited to have her tell her story. Liz, it's, um, it's so inspiring. So I can't wait to hear more. Thanks. That's funny that you say that because as we, my husband and I were talking about it, and as we look back on our story, it's like we never intended to do this to inspire anybody. It it kind of came out of a survival reaction to a bunch of stuff that piled up, but I'm glad that we can share it now and be a little more um, open and candid about it. It's not quite as raw as it was when we did it. So yeah, I'm, I'm an open book and I'm glad that I can help other people and, and explain why we did what we did and how we did it. Let's start out with tell us a little bit like high level about your business and what you and your husband are doing now. Um, My husband and I started a company called Semi Rebel, um, which is a business management consultancy. And we are really focused on data-driven strategy and support and helping business owners in a lot of regards, remove the emotion from their business decisions. That's something that I think entrepreneurs have very strong feelings about what they're doing in their business. And it can kind of take over your your strategic or your logical brain and get you into some kind of back you into some corners. So our goal with our business is to help business owners um, look at the data and look at the metrics that are going through their business and then use that information to make better strategic plans and decisions moving forward. This is newer for you. I mean, you've been consulting for a while. How when did you guys up and move to Cody, Wyoming? So we moved, 
um, almost two years ago. So when we, right after we moved, I started one business on my own for a little less than a year. And then my husband decided he wanted to join me. And then so now we're starting this, this next um, phase of our life and our new business together. When you first started, what was the business that you, was it still business operations, business management, or was it something different? I marketed myself just as a kind of a basic OBM. So online business manager, virtual business management, doing one step up from virtual assistant. And then that quickly morphed into really supporting the tech end of businesses. Um, So the software and the applications on the back end. Um, But it was not really focused on any kind of strategic or data-driven help. It was just help. It was was kind of, I just needed to get the ball rolling. So So walk us through, because you said that, you know, obviously you guys made this huge transition. Walk us back to what, to where you were two years ago, what you guys were doing and what made you decide to quit, move, Tell us a little about, bit about like, you know, what that journey looked like. Oh, man. Okay. So two years ago, um, literally almost to the day, I think it was, we made all of these decisions um, in the middle. Eh, it was the end of February, actually, that we decided over a very short span of time what we were going to do. And it was kind of all done and dusted by May. But two years ago, um, my father had just passed away from terminal cancer. Um, we had a two, two-year-old and a one-year-old, and they were both in daycare 10-plus um, hours a day. My husband and I were both working corporate engineering roles. We were engineers in the oil and gas industry and worked in downtown Houston, we worked very long days and would often take our work home and then work at home after the kids went to bed. And it was just very overwhelming. We um, are both from small towns and realized over the course of my dad's cancer treatment that life is short, right? You never quite know when it's going to end or when everything is going to like shift dramatically, which sounds kind of cliche, but it was, it was just a really intense time in life when over a very short span of time, we realized that the life that we were living, although it was a great life, we had very successful jobs, had a great future ahead of us in those roles. It was mostly centered around work and it just didn't quite line up with what in our guts we knew we wanted for our family. So like I said, in January of 2020, my dad passed away. In February, we realized that I was pregnant with our a third pregnancy. Um, it was just before the world shut down from COVID. And I realized how I was very unhappy in my role. Like I said, I think it was over the span of about a week. We decided, okay, we're doing this. We're going to leave our jobs. We're going to put our house on the market. We're going to move back to where I grew up in Cody, Wyoming. And we're basically going to start over. And then literally the next two weeks happened. And everybody thought we were in that whole like two weeks to flatten the curve phase of the pandemic where things kind of compounded, but also lined up really well for us. So just kind of to put it into perspective, the price of oil, which is like in the industry that we worked in right now is over a hundred dollars a barrel, which for most people doesn't really mean much, but it's, it's 
is there's a reason gas is as expensive as it is. But in March of 2020, the price of oil actually went negative. So um, it completely crashed. The bottom fell out very, very quickly. And a bunch of companies had to make dramatic moves quickly. So we had already decided to leave our jobs, but the, the small company my husband worked for um, ended up filing for bankruptcy. And then the company that I worked for ended up offering um, voluntary severance packages. So we took both of those um, very fortunately. We listed our house on the market and sold it very, very quickly. And then we just packed up and left. And then as all of that was going on, the other kind of straw that broke the camel's back that really made us comfortable with our choice was I um, miscarried that pregnancy. And it was a, a very scary miscarriage. It um, was about 13 weeks along and I ended up in the hospital getting blood transfusions. And it was, it, it just kind of made us realize for sure that the life that we were living, again, didn't quite line up with what we really wanted for our family. We wanted to be able to not have our kids in daycare 10 plus hours. We didn't want to spend hours a day in the car commuting to and from work. We didn't need the big house or the fancy stuff that that our lifestyle was providing. That was not what we were after. So it's a very long-winded explanation. No, but I think uh, I mean, it's, so re- it's so relatable, you know, and I, it, I think a lot of people dream of doing what you did and they, you know, just, they need that impetus to take the leap. Like you guys had that push. You guys decided, I would say pretty quickly comparatively to other people to do this, but you also had so many things that just kind of lined up and, and serendipitously made it like, okay, obviously this is the right choice because everything is pushing us in that direction. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's really tough to reach that point. I would say it's actually easier to make it very quickly than it is to make that decision slowly over time. I fully recognize how lucky we were that the the stars kind of aligned. So let us do this very successfully. And it was stressful, don't get me wrong, but it could have been so much harder than it was. We were very fortunate to have some financial cushion. Uh, We were moving towards family instead of away from family. We moved at a time when everybody was working remotely and digitally. So that made the transition a lot easier. So we, we did have a lot of things going in our favor, but it was also leading up to the decision. One thing that we both talk about and look back on now is how you're right. A lot of people dream of making a choice like this. They daydream about it. But when it comes to the reality of doing it, especially in such a dramatic way, the way that we did it, um, kind of walking away from our corporate careers. It also ended up alienating some people. It made a lot of people very uncomfortable. And that was that was an interesting thing to go through when your friends go from being good friends to kind of looking at you and saying, oh, I wish we could do that, but we could never do that. And then you kind of quickly run out of things to talk about. So you don't you have very much in common like- anymore. Do you do you feel like there was some resentment or maybe some jealousy around, you know, they they wish they could make those types of decisions and felt like they couldn't? I, I do. I think and I think jealousy and resentment, it's that may be harsher than what it was in reality, but I think it was just pure discomfort because there are people that looked at what we were doing and and said flat out, like, I wish we could do that. I wish I could have the ability to leave my job or I wish we could 
move closer to family or we wish we could do that or we wish we could do that. But at the end of the day, it is wildly uncomfortable. Everything we knew and and every aspect of our life almost changed. And it's just, it's tough for people to wrap their heads around. I, I kind of want to jump back to something you brought up in the beginning of your story, just talking about how, you know, with your father's cancer and, you know, him passing away, how it just really made you reevaluate some of those, you know, life decisions that you were making. And I think we're, you know, it's so easy to get wrapped into the day-to-day life. It's the same thing with business, right? You get wrapped up in your day-to-day business and sometimes you forget to step back and look at that big picture. And it does take some of those big life changes for you to say like, you know, this, this isn't right, or I want to do things differently. And I constantly think that way to create that same type of mindset. I I think about, you know, sometimes when I'm like stuck in the day-to-day stress of, you know, work or my to-do list and everything I have on my plate, I step back and think, okay, if I were to get sick tomorrow, or if something were to happen, would these things matter? Would these be the things that would be stressing me out? And so while I would never wish that situation upon anyone, and I just can't even imagine what that's like to lose, you know, your father, but I understand how it shifted your perspective on things, you know, and I think that's not uncommon for people to have a shift in mindset when they go through something like that. In a perfect world, right, we wouldn't need these life-altering or often devastating things to happen for us to readjust. But that's kind of where we find the beauty of the positive out of the experience is that we could have had that realization when our kids were, you know, in high school or out of college, and we could have been those people waiting to retire to experience this or do that. But going through that with my dad and with my family and we are very conscious of the fact that we probably wouldn't have really changed much of anything. And we would still be in Houston and we would still have great careers and we would still have this kind of undercurrent of disappointment because we weren't close to family. We weren't spending the time that we wanted to spend with our kids. We weren't, um, we had fantastic friends and, and this really great neighborhood and, you know, all, all these boxes that you want to check on the surface level, but kind of deep down, we were in the grind of a corporate life that just didn't suit us. Um, So I think those life-altering moments, while important, also make us realize now when we're kind of more into a steady day-to-day to to step back at our why. I know that was one of your topics from um, an early podcast is remembering your why. And we, we make sure we actually talk about that a lot. So even in our business plan, now we, there are, there are kind of cornerstones that we live by. Like this business will not have a negative effect on our marriage. This business is designed to support our family and to give us the time to spend with our kids and to to travel and to go camping and to do this stuff. And if our business at any point is not fulfilling those needs, then we're very open about what needs to change to get back on track. I find that so interesting, especially when you and your spouse are both entrepreneurs, um, especially, I mean, you guys working within one business, but 
but like, even if you're working in separate businesses, it is so easy. And I'm saying this from experience to let the business have a negative impact on your marriage. And I think that, you know, like recognizing that up front, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. If you've never been in business with your spouse before, you don't know how you work together. You don't know it, like how your arguments are going to change and they will, they, they Mm do. (laughs) And so you have to have a plan for how you handle that. And you have to have like, I think you almost need to have a different kind of boundary around work and home because it's so easy for it to completely overtake every aspect of your life. It is. And it's, it's been really interesting. And thankfully, we knew that going in. We were very aware of what might happen. Um, we're both very strong personalities. And we also had a little taste of it, not because we worked together before, but we actually have the same degree. Um, we were both what's called a drilling engineer. So we knew from like even vocabulary and work talk, what the other person was going through. So we didn't work together, but we were very familiar with or could empathize with what the other person was doing. But now it is very different. And it's it's very nice to to be so aware of like how things are changing and make sure that we're still on track. We're really lucky that we are able to recognize that and quickly adjust. But it's it's interesting. It's been it's been a growing experience for sure to um literally spend twenty four seven next to your spouse. And I'm sure he would have a few points that if you were here, but it's <laughs> you just get very, very aware of everybody, uh, each other's personalities in the experience. But I, I enjoy it. I think we're both, it's been a good change for us. And and talk about that too. Like, what does that look like now? Now that you are both at home working and now that I know your kids still go to daycare, but it's not 10 hours a day. How do you feel like the work-life balance is now that you're, you know, entrepreneur starting your own business. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. That's really, Courtney and I have even talked about that with the podcast, how it can be really intense starting something new, but obviously it's a shift. So, you know, do you feel like things are more balanced now? Do you, do you feel like you get to have more flexibility with your kids and you're able to take those trips even while building this business? Yes. So I will, um, and this is probably what every entrepreneur will laugh when I say this. Um, I I probably work as much or more right now as I did in the corporate world, um, but it it is short lived, right? It's a it's a season of grind, but it's the light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like it's so close, right? Um, which is it's really nice. Our kids are at daycare um, now, like seven hours a day instead of ten, but one of us, anytime one of them is sick, which um, you guys will be familiar with, we have two that have autoimmune diseases. So they are sick a lot more frequently than the standard child. But right now we can always keep them home. Um, One of us is always able to kind of jump in on the business end and keep things going while the other one kind of spends time and takes care of the kids. Um, We've been able to take long weekends and travel and go camping. So it's, it's not easier. It's different. We've picked a different hard, I guess is a good way to put it, but, um, and, and we're getting there, right. We're setting up our own systems and business to be able to scale back when we want. That's I think that <clears throat> the childcare part of it is, is huge. And Anne and I are both at a stage where we don't have toddlers anymore, but that was for me, one of, and I know for Anne too, it was one of like the biggest 
factors in finding remote contract freelance work to do because as the mom, you are typically the go-to care person. I mean, let's just be honest about that. (laughs) Um, At least that's how it is for most moms. And I think that it's very hard to feel like you are sacrificing one for the other all the time. Like you're either sacrificing to get time with your kids to work or you're sacrificing time with work to be with your kids. And like, if you, if you want to have a robust career, but also have a robust family life, it's really hard to find that in a nine to five because your time is not your own. And having that flexibility to just be available and change your schedule when you need to do that is especially when my kids were very young, that was the only thing I cared about. I didn't care about the money. I didn't care how much, how much uh, business I brought in. I literally only cared about covering the bills and being able to flex with my kids. I think too, um, you know, like you said, Liz, it's a season of grind. It's a season of hustle. Like you realize that it's not always, it doesn't always need to look like that. And you can constantly reassess the amount of work that you need to put into your business when you're an entrepreneur. Right. And that's something that's another aspect of how we very intentionally designed our business. So we've got basically two different buckets and one is retainer work with ongoing clients. But then we, where we built in our flex is on our project side of our business. So we do can system configurations for project management and CRM systems. And that's where we built in, where we can plan ahead and say, okay, for the month of July and the summer, we want a very light workload so that we can go camping or we can go see family or or we can just hang out at home and take care of all of those little house projects, right? So we scale way back on the on the project side of our business while still maintaining that client load on the retainer side. So that's we're, we're kind of, that's where our flex is right now. Um, and it's working really well, but I kind of, I want to touch on something Courtney said, and this is, I won't say unpopular opinion, but part of what made people uncomfortable and what some people don't understand is our decision to both work. A lot of people have said, why don't you stay home with your kids and, and, and go to a single income. And I, It might be uncomfortable to say, but I have very early on realized that I am a better wife and a better mother when I work. It's a very conscious choice to send our kids to childcare because both my husband and I are, we need that kind of stimulation and the the work side of our lives to be the best people we can be for our family and our loved ones. And that's not very popular sometimes, but it's, it's the reality, especially with our kids and their um, kind of autoimmune issues. And we also have a five month old baby. People have a hard time wrapping our head around it. Well, your kids are out all the time. Is, is it actually worth sending them to daycare? And for us, it is for us. This business is what helped us be better people and more fulfilled. Um, I love that you, you have that understanding and you recognize that because I think that's actually, you know, that's something that's always top of mind to me specifically when we're 
communicating what balance looks like on this podcast, because what balance looks like for me isn't going to look the same for you. And it's not going to look the same for Courtney. And I think understanding that, you know, this is the lifestyle that makes me the best version of myself. Like that in itself is a really, really huge recognition. And for me, that was being home with my kids more. Like I, I didn't want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. Same thing. Like, but I didn't also want to work full-time. I didn't want to send my kids to daycare full-time. I wanted to find that part-time balance. And that to me makes me the best person, the best friend, wife, mother. And, you know, I, I've got other girlfriends who send same thing. They send their kids to daycare seven days a week. I've got someone who I, who I know just five days a week, not seven five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want to put that out there for the listeners. She didn't really mean seven days a week. I mean, we're always, as mothers, we're constantly working. So it's just, you know, blending them all together. But (laughs) I just think it's really important to understand that. And so Liz, like kudos to you for just, you know, being comfortable in the fact that this is what makes you the best version of yourself and understanding that's not what is for everyone, but this is what it is for you. And moving forward with that, just, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to have your kids at home, but it still gives you the flexibility. Like you said, if they're sick, if daycare is closed, you're not bending over backwards, trying to find care for them. You can have them at home. Exactly. And um, I'm very lucky. My husband and I are, he right now in this, in this phase of life, this season of grind is more of a caretaker, more, he's the one that stays with them when they're sick. He's the one that kind of is stepped into that more traditional mom role right now. So it's been, it's been good, but it, it is, it's made things much easier to recognize and accept why we're doing this. And the fact that, that working like this makes me a better person. Um, it, it kind of removes options, right? And it, it makes things a lot more clear and clean when we say this is what we need, this is what both of us need, and this is how we're going to make it work and screw what everybody else thinks, right? Well, I think coming back to that concept, because I've heard you say it a, a few times on this episode, that it's hard when you choose this life because not everybody agrees with it. And I think that's a very under-talked about aspect of entrepreneurship. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but we haven't really gone in depth on the fact that not everyone is going to agree with your decision. If you are making the choice to leave, there are going to be people that say, oh, I wish I could do that. Or there are going to be people, and this is probably more of what I've experienced, is that you're going against the grain. You're not doing what's normal and they can't understand it. So they lose the ability to talk to you. Um, they lose the ability to have conversation with you because your life, your lifestyle is completely different as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur than it is when you're working for someone else. And not everybody's going to be like that, but some people are. And I think you have to mentally prepare yourself for that. And I think that truly that's part of the reason that Anne and I created this to be a community because you have to find your tribe as an entrepreneur. Like you need to find a tribe of people that are going to just cheer you on. They're going to be your cheerleaders. They're going to support you along the way. 
And they're not going, you know, they're going to speak positive things into your existence. They're not going to question what you're doing or talk about you behind your back because you're doing something that's so different than everybody else. And um, so I think that that's, I think it's really brave of you to talk about that aspect of it because for many of us, that's friends. It can be family. It's people that are close to us that aren't necessarily happy for us for making that leap. And, you know, you don't want to stir the pot any more than it's already been stirred. So we just don't talk about it. So I think that's really brave of you to talk about it. Yeah. And I think to that point, it does happen. It's, it's, it's happened way more than I ever imagined for us. But I also need to recognize that it's not intentional and it's not necessarily negative from everybody. Just because your life is totally different and they don't know what to talk about, it doesn't mean that they don't mean well. Um, but, and, and we've experienced this, especially from a family side, like they see leaving typical normal jobs as leaving security. Um, it's a generational thing, right? So they want to be happy. They want to be positive, but it's really hard for them sometimes when they kind of forget that, especially like Todd and I, who came out of a very volatile industry that, that was up and down, right? That it's not actually secure. Um, and that arguably this is more secure for us. Um, but it is, it's, it, it can be lonely. It can be uncomfortable. And it really sucks when you lose the people or the topics of conversation that you had with people that you really enjoyed and the people that used to be your, you know, your, your tribe, as you say, but finding new ones and realizing, I guess what I'm getting at, realizing that those people, it's not necessarily because they're jealous that they don't want you to be successful. It's just different. Well, they and just don't understand. Yeah. Different, different makes people uncomfortable and it, it just changes things, but, but there's always new people, right? Well, there are. I feel, and I feel like, <clears throat> you know, again, with this podcast and the community that we're creating, and when you go out on your own, it's the same thing as like making new mom friends, you know, totally. you have to, you have to go out and find people who are relatable, who can relate to what you're doing, who understand what you're going through, because you need all types of friends in your life. You need mom friends. You need girlfriends who knew you before you were a mom. You need those work friends who understand what your work life is like. I think it's always funny. We talk about, you know, your work spouse and both of you, your work spouse is really your work spouse, but <laughs> if you don't... uh, and I, I would have to say that you're my work spouse, <laughs> um, but you know, like you have, you have those people who just know you inside and out from a work perspective and those relationships are so important and invaluable. And if you don't have them, you need to go out and seek them. That's why I think networking is so important. And I will talk about that all day long because you really need it. Like you said, Liz, it can be lonely and you need to find those people who can understand what you're going through and support you and cheer you on. So the other thing that I'm really taking away from your story that I think is not typical of most people that leave and start their own business 
is the intentionality between behind everything that you do. And I think that's your engineer brain that like you are very, most engineers are very organized. They're very strategic. They're very process driven. And so that lends really well to starting your own business because you think things through before you do them and you create a plan for everything, um, including the things that could go wrong along the way before you dive into it. Almost to a fault. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like that's a great segue into really talking about Liz, what you've done for us um, on the podcast here and what you specialize in and really helping businesses create process and thinking through all of those things so that, you know, clients can have that positive experience. So let's pause right there. And next week, we'll dive into the tactical side of business operations with Liz to give you some actionable insights on that side of the conversation. Liz, thank you so much for joining us this week. Your story is so inspirational and really unique. So I'm glad we had the chance to chat through everything that helped you make the leap with your family in a very big way. And we will see you next week. See you soon. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you liked today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.